Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And today we are getting curious about the beginner's mindset. So I was thinking about this because I've had a lot of new boxers in my classes lately. I think I've mentioned that I coach boxing and there have been more newcomers than usual lately, which I freaking love. Um, I have to tell you, I have so much respect for anyone who signs up for a very intimidating sport like boxing and just allows themselves to be a first timer in that type of very high intensity environment. I personally think that that kind of vulnerability is one of the most courageous things that we can do. That tolerance for the unknown, that willingness to put yourself in a new scary situation, having no idea how it's going to go, and probably feeling kind of, you know, ridiculous or uncoordinated the whole time and choosing to struggle through it anyways. Um, Y'all, those are my people. I love those people. <laughs> I've been those people. <laughs> probably why I love those people. Empathy. So something that I actually say a lot to my new boxers, um, there's this great quote. Uh, it's from a book called The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. And I say this, I've said this to my like lacrosse players that I've coached. I say this to my boxers. I deploy this quote as much as I humanly can. <laughs> and it says, you can't get better and look good at the same time. <laughs> that is just not how it works. You have to be willing to look kind of foolish, kind of dumb, and feel kind of foolish and dumb. That is the only way to get better. And I think that the beginner's mindset has a very strong correlation to imposter syndrome. And I recognize that you've probably heard that term way too much in the last several years. I know it's very overused. It's, you know, been all over LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever, but just stick with me here for a second. So first quick Wikipedia definition. Imposter syndrome is a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, talents, or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as frauds." End quote. So think about that. A lot of times what stops us from trying to do something new is that, that gnawing feeling of doubt, of inadequacy, that limiting belief, that pesky inner voice that says, I'm gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> I can't do this. What, who the hell am I kidding? You know, what makes me think that I can do this better than that other person who's already making a career of this? You know, that person is just way superior and way better than me at this thing, and I'll never get to their level, so why even bother? And as far as that person is concerned, well, yeah, of course. Of course they're better than you at that thing right now and they should be right because they have way more practice <laughs> they've probably been at that thing for years like nobody starts out as a pro i understand that like people have different you know inherent skills some people start at a higher level and they pick things up more easily but literally nobody starts out a pro 
everyone starts as a beginner. Everyone gets better over time. Comparison is the thief of joy. We all know this. So the thing is that they just happened to start their journey a long time ago and you're starting now. So we got to stop comparing our chapter one to their chapter 47, right? And on that same tip, so let's say the thing that we all already know. Overnight success is not a real thing. <laughs> I know you've heard that before too. I used to have this, this big poster. It had a painting of an iceberg on it. You may have seen this before. So on the painting, you could basically see the tip of the iceberg above the waterline. And then the bulk of it, like the body of it was below that waterline. And then on the tip of the iceberg, it said what they see. And then the, you know, 90-ish percent of it that was submerged in the water, it had a bunch of words written on it, like hard work, sleepless nights, failure, iteration, risk, unknown, persistence, like basically all the things that people don't see happening that eventually leads us to those opportunities to even have success. I don't know if any of you guys have ever read the book Outliers. It's by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, so in it, he talks about this thing called the 10,000 hour rule. So basically he posits that it takes a minimum of 10,000 hours of intensive practice to achieve mastery of, of anything, of any complex skill. So whether that's playing the violin or becoming as good of a computer programmer as Bill Gates, like whatever it is, you know, LeBron, Kobe, MJ level basketball player, whatever. So <laughs> it's a very, very well-researched concept. And, you know, there, there are some contrasting viewpoints on it, but I know that 10,000 hours probably sounds incredibly daunting. <laughs> so what we're going to do is add into the mix here some sage wisdom from yet another best-selling author, James Clear. So in his book, Atomic Habits, he basically says that a lot of times we get overwhelmed when attempting something new simply because of how big it feels. The whole premise of the book is it's about the power of the aggregate of small gains over time, how small habits build up over time, and that's what leads to us achieving our goals. He says, he has this example, um, I don't remember exactly how he worded it, so I'm going to paraphrase, but the idea was, you know, if you want to learn to run a mile, then on day one, just put on your running shoes. Like, don't, don't even step outside the front door, just put on your athletic clothes and your running shoes. That's it. And then day two, put on your shoes and your workout clothes and walk to the end of the driveway. Day three, put on your shoes and clothes and walk to the end of the block. Day four, maybe walk around the block. Day five, maybe jog around the block this time, like, and so on and so forth. Just small, small gains, small improvements day to day that stack up over time. And there's another really great related concept in this book called Great by Choice. It's by Jim Collins. I know I'm already hitting you guys with a whole lot of book recommendations, so I hope y'all are writing this down. 
I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'll link all of these. Uh, but it's it's another idea about how to approach a new endeavor by taking small steps in service of a bigger goal. So he talks about this concept of, he calls it, quote, firing bullets, then cannonballs. So here's here's an excerpt that I think gives you the best idea of what this is. He says, picture yourself at sea, a hostile ship bearing down on you. You have a limited amount of gunpowder. You take all your gunpowder and you use it to fire a big cannonball. The cannonball flies out over the ocean and it misses the target. It's off by 40 degrees. And you turn to your stockpile and you discover that you are out of gunpowder. So you die. But suppose instead that when you see the ship bearing down, you take a little bit of gunpowder and you fire a bullet and it misses by 40 degrees. Then you fire another bullet, it misses by 30 degrees. Third bullet fires, misses by 10 degrees. And then the next bullet hits the hull of the oncoming ship. And now, now you take all of that remaining gunpowder and fire a big cannonball along the same line of sight, which sinks the enemy ship and you get to live. So he develops this concept more in the context of talking about companies that have created some of the world's most popular products. He talks about Apple and, you know, the big ones. So he says, this is another quote, he says, first you fire bullets, i.e. low cost, low risk, low distraction experiments to figure out what will work. And that helps you to calibrate your line of sight by taking those small shots. Then, once you have empirical validation, you fire a cannonball. In other words, concentrating resources into a big bet. And calibrated cannonballs correlate with outsized results. Uncalibrated cannonballs correlate with disaster. <laughs> and the ability to turn small proven ideas, i.e. bullets, into huge hits, i.e. cannonballs, counts more than the sheer amount of pure innovation. So I have this, this framed piece of art on my wall and it says day one or one day. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that same thing. So I got this at the Charleston market downtown at this little like really cute little out like open air market thing. Um, that sells artwork at one of the stalls so just adorable so i framed it i put it on my wall like a couple months ago so the day one or one day thing so my interpretation of this is basically that time will pass regardless and we have to be really honest with ourselves about the things that we procrastinate on <laughs> we have to ask ourselves are those excuses that we deploy time after time really legit or are they coming from our ego are they coming from that fearful place of self-doubt and insecurity and if we do keep shoving it off we have to ask ourselves if it's something that we really even want would we keep making excuses if it were so like how long has a big dream of yours just gone 
unrealized. Like how many big goals have we put a pin in because, you know, oh, now it's just not the right time or I'm really, really busy with work or kids or partners or, you know, whatever. I'm too old, too young, it's too late. You know, I have to actually do this other thing before I can do that thing. Um, oh, it's really expensive. You know, all the reasons. And, and then we really have to ask ourselves, you know, what's the worst that could happen if we try? Like, really, what's the worst that could happen? That we fail? Great. At least then we will know from experience. And I, I know that sometimes the worst case scenario really is bad. But I think more often it's not that bad. It's something that we can live with. And the bottom line is that if it's important enough to us, we'll find a way. And if it's not, we'll find an excuse. I love this quote that, um, I don't think it's Adam Grant, but he, he like references the quote a lot. I have to figure out who it's by. But basically it's, Failing yields less regret than failing to try. And I personally really try to live by that philosophy. Like, I've had so many firsts in the last year alone. Like, y'all, I am 37. I have, I could not count even on two hands. It would take more than two hands for me to, like, tell you all the firsts for me in this last year. Like, I'll give you a few. So, first time living in South Carolina. First time getting a tattoo. First time dyeing my hair another color. First time starting a podcast. <laughs> first time coaching boxing. First time starting a business. First time learning how to sew. I Guys, I have a virtual sewing teacher who lives in Pennsylvania. I have a lesson with her tomorrow night and I am pumped about it. <laughs> first time learning how to speak Italian. I was trying to figure that out on Duolingo before I went to Italy last December, and I will definitely be going back to Italy. And shout out to my friend Janine for letting me totally, you know, coast on her family plan to Duolingo and giving me a spot there. Uh, and I promise I will get back to it soon. <laughs> um, but to that end, yeah, first time backpacking around Europe when I was in Italy, and I went to like nine other countries, like lots of firsts. And so Brene Brown, she said this, so many references in this episode, guys, I know. Uh, Brene Brown, she once said this great thing that was related to exposing ourselves to new things, new environments that challenge our way of thinking. She says, to go with an eagerness to absorb otherness. Isn't that dope? I love that. Like, it is way more fun to be curious about the way that, that other people live than to be judgmental of it because it's different than the way we live. Like, I really think my love of travel is related to this idea, too. Like, going to new places, exploring new cultures, languages, traditions, foods, you know, seeing everything for the first time through, like, very novel eyes and just, like, allowing ourselves to be awestruck. And I know this is getting a little whimsical, but I really love that sense of wonder that comes from wandering. Wander from wander. <laughs> Did I just make a tagline? Uh, <laughs> and I think that I definitely think it's human nature to become 
kind of numbed out, like kind of immune to our environment that we're in day to day. Like our house looks pretty much the same every day. Our office, our gym, our grocery store, like all those places. But think about it. Like, don't you notice so much more of your environment when you're like on vacation or when you're in an unfamiliar place? Like this is just human nature. Like our autopilot is off when we're in those unfamiliar environments. And it's funny because the people who live in that place, you know, they are on autopilot because it's familiar to them. But to us, it is new, it is novel, it is different. So we take in a lot more detail. We absorb it with all of our senses. We immerse ourselves in ways that we just don't in our normal environment. We just freaking relish it. And I think another important part of being a beginner, being new to something, is to put your ego aside and, and really allow yourself to be a beginner. Like, I will die on this hill. Ask questions. Ask questions. I can't tell you how many people have told me how irritating it is that I ask so many questions. Like, hence the name of the podcast, Curiously Questions. I, whatever. I got a lot of questions. But I will die on this hill because this is how you learn. <laughs> and I know it's really hard to summon the courage to raise your hand and to ask that question when everyone else seems to get it. You know, whether this is giving you, like, you know, PTSD back to your, like, you know, high school days um but it's just just ask ask anyways it's so unlikely that you're the only person who has questions who doesn't fully get it and anyone who judges you those aren't your people those are not your people those people have their own issues clearly like i spent the first six months at this ad tech company where i worked like asking people what these random three letter acronyms meant like ad tech is a veritable alphabet soup of obscure acronyms and i promised myself on day one that if i didn't know what something meant or what some three letter acronym like what that stood for what are the full words that i would ask right then like i would raise the hand i would like excuse me excuse me uh, what's API? <laughs> what's CDP, DMP, SSP, CRM, blah, 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 blah. And all right, while we're on this topic, for those of you who I really hope that there's none of you out there who, who do this, because I feel like if you're listening to this, you're part of my tribe and I feel like birds of a feather. So I doubt there's anybody out there listening who does this type of thing, but I'm going to call you out real quick if you do. So for anyone who says things like, oh, you didn't know that already? Like, really? Like the, the head tilt, the like, wow, really? You didn't know that? Like, wow. Mm, okay. Like when someone asks for clarification on something, if you ever give that type of response, like seriously, stop. Like really cool it with the judgmental tone. Because, well, first of all, I'm sure there have been plenty of times in your own life 
when you didn't know something, did you ask? Or did your ego kind of lead you to discreetly Googling the answer under the table? Did your shame tell you that you should already know this? Did you get down on yourself? So why the hell would you ever do that to somebody else? Like, tell your ego to get off its high horse and just stop. When people do things like this, I don't think, like, I don't think to myself, like, wow, they're so smart. Like, oh man, I didn't know, but they did know. Like, they're so smart. I wish I were as smart as them. I don't think that. I think, wow, what a condescending prick. <laughs> and I think most of us probably think that same thing. Like, putting people in their shame for making themselves vulnerable and actively trying to learn new things? That's a dick move. <laughs> so just don't do it. Hey, thanks. <laughs> and something else that I think stops us from allowing ourselves to be beginners is something that I don't think I've coined this term, but I haven't heard anybody else use it, so maybe. I often get stuck in what I like to call prep loops. <laughs> so like doing things that masquerade as progress, but aren't. <laughs> like when I was trying to start this podcast, I was asking other friends of mine who had also started podcasts. I was asking them questions, doing research. I was, you know, looking into editing software and, you know, podcast distribution platforms that I could use. I was you know, writing episode ideas and looking at intro outro music and picking a good thumbnail from a photo and blah, blah, blah. And yes, like most of those things, they have to be done eventually. But I was using those things as these little, these little fake dopamine hits that made me feel productive, but I hadn't actually accomplished anything <laughs> towards my goal. I was doing like the work around the work but I did not actually record a podcast. That would have been the actual work. <laughs> and obviously I'm doing that now, so we have overcome y'all, but it took a long time. <laughs> and that's the trap that we have to be mindful of. You know, if you wanna learn how to cook, you might watch, you know, TikTok videos, YouTube videos, cooking shows, you might start pinning recipes on Pinterest, you know, but until you actually get in the damn kitchen and try to cook something, like you have made zero progress towards that goal. Uh, another quote that I love, I think it's credited to a guy named Eric Thomas. So it says, knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. In other words, it doesn't matter how many books you read, podcasts you listen to, classes you take, videos you watch, if you don't do something with that knowledge that you've acquired. You have to actually take action on what you learn. Otherwise, spending your time, you know, consuming all that content was a waste. You know, what's the point if you're not going to do anything with it? You know, you're going to have all this incredible know-how in your mind and it will never actualize. It will never become material. So my final thing I want to say here is that I want you to please, please, please allow yourself to be a beginner. If you have even the smallest grain of curiosity about something, let yourself look into it. Let yourself give it a try. There's a reason why certain things catch our interest. 
And it's often because those things are related to our purpose. They are part of what we're meant to do while we're here on this earth. So don't, don't be selfish. Don't cheat the world of your contribution. The one that only you can make. Just give us what you got. And until next time, stay curious.